fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another Fireside episode with Fantasy and Some Flights. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And I guess, well, I was about to say what we're talking about tonight, but we're talking about everything tonight. So, yes. yeah, we're talking about... Tonight, there are no rules. There are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> the points are made up. And, oh, that would be a good <laughs> game show. Where, like, the points are made up. We should do that. Yeah, right. We're clever. Hopefully nobody's, like, copyrighted it yet or anything. <laughs> probably not. We're actually probably going to get taken down now, so... It was a good run. I mean, uh, it was a good run. Yeah, we the one episode over two years. And <laughs> just <laughs> it's done. No mercy, no mercy yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so on, on these fireside episodes, we haven't had one in a while, so I'll just re-explain the concept if, if you're new. Uh, so we 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 take the time to just kind of chit chat, talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, some things that we've been playing, because we do a lot of that stuff, and we try and keep our episodes relatively short. And if we talked about all of this stuff in our normal episodes we would never end so that would just be like <laughs> hours and hours and hours of episode and so in order to do that we split it into two and so now we have the fireside episodes but <laughs> sorry I did, I did you did a great job summarizing it i just i just didn't have a, uh, <laughs> i didn't have anything to add it was it was very well said i should have left something yeah, off so you could have jumped in there that's, we go that's yes. on me that's we'll that's my that. fault that's my fault yeah okay we'll remember it for well next time. anyways so we anyways we do have a flight section where, I mean, is it really an episode if we're not drinking? That's so right. <laughs> That's right. Keeps us going. So it we do does. still have a flight section. I'll, I'll start us out tonight if you don't mind, if you're not going to fight me on it. Fine. Fine, he says. I'm drinking, um, I'm drinking Strawberry Sky from Breckenridge. This is very Ooh. much not a winter beer, you know? It's like dead <laughs> of winter right now. Um, both of us are under more than six inches of snow. And I'm drinking a Kolsch, so, you know, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> fruity Kolsch at There that. you go. Very um, nice. This is a perfectly fine beer. Um, it came in a, in a mix pack that I got in the fall. Uh, strawberry Sky hinting, obviously, at, like, some strawberry-type fruity flavors that are in it. Um, it's very uh, – any, I think any type of Kolsch is not going to be super aggressive in any direction, right? It's going to be fairly light. It's going to be crisp. It's going to be approachable. Um, this beer is all those things. Um, strawberry is obviously the most forward of the fruity flavors. It has like maybe a couple other citrus flavors in there, but it has kind of like that bitter, like aftertaste of like a, not that like strawberries have like a super bitter aftertaste, but if like, if you were able to isolate just the bitter part, that's what it would taste like. Um, gotcha. maybe like kind of the smell of strawberries or the, the taste if you chewed on a strawberry leaf, I don't know, <laughs> something like that. Something you've um, done many times. Many times, yeah, because I'm too lazy to just bite the leaves <laughs> off. You know, I just toss the whole thing in. Yeah, it's more efficient. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Fiber. It's good for you. Correct. I'm fine with this beer. Um, it has been a good, like, of the mix pack, it's been a good, I guess, working beer, you know, which like, I use mm-hmm. a lot of, like, yep. these lighter beers for. This is, like, 4.8% or something like that. So I'm not going to saw my finger off or something, you know, when I'm working on yeah, house right. projects kind of beer. That's good. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I'd give it two cheers. It's totally fine. I would take it if offered to me. I would, I would probably never buy a six pack of this, um, but I wasn't disappointed to see that it was in, you know, the mix pack kind of thing. There you go. I like that. I like the definition of two cheers. It's, I'm happy it's in a mix pack, but I'm not going to buy a yeah. six pack. It's <laughs> a good definition of two cheers. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Change the game a little bit, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, Cheers. Yeah, I, I'm drinking Buffalo Trace. And so I, I don't know if I've ever actually had Buffalo Trace. 
right? Mm. I know I've never bought a bottle of Buffalo Trace, and I may have had it at like your place or something if you had you know yeah. slipped it to me. But <laughs> it's it's never been. <laughs> yeah, that is the correct term. Uh, it's never. <laughs> it's never been something that i've picked up before and so i I was at the store right before snowmageddon and i was like you know what we've talked about buffalo trace dalton has said that he likes buffalo trace i'm gonna pick it up so i mean i just had to try it and yeah i mean it's really good right like it's a solid three cheers right i mean it's it's a solid whiskey right and so you know it's not my favorite whiskey it's i i would buy it it's probably going to be in that rotation of affordable whiskeys to keep on the shelf once you know, just to have, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it feels very much like an Elijah Craig or that kind of price range and yeah, as smooth as that, right? I think there is, oh shoot, what am I thinking of? Uh, Makers, right? Like that one mm-hmm. is about that price range, but it's just, I just didn't enjoy Makers at all. Yeah. But this one is definitely significantly better than Makers. I don't know if it's <laughs> as good as Elijah Craig, but I, I feel like our sponsors would pull if I said that it was better than Elijah <laughs> Craig. So I don't want to risk the sponsorship dollars. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, I think Buffalo Trace is a really solid whiskey and, you know, it's a perfect one for a fireside, I figured. So yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'm, I'm not surprised that you liked. It. I think I had mentioned that before. Like it's a higher rye bourbon, um, right. where where Makers is weeded, and so and and Elijah Craig also has like a lot of um, rye flavors in it. So uh, if I was going to like recommend another of the like you know cheap quote unquote cheap yeah um, mid tier, I say yeah I say this because it's like <laughs> we don't go cheaper. <laughs> yeah, the um, bottle breaks when you drop it. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That that I would I would that I would have assumed that you would like this one. Um, Buffalo Trace also just has like a, a reminder. These are the people that do Pappy Van Winkle. Um, these are the people that do Blanton's, the ones with the little horsies on the top. They're also, they do Eagle, uh, Eagle Rare, which is one that I had a couple episodes ago, kind of like the, kind of the next tier. Um, but obviously the distillery is, is actually called Buffalo Trace Distillery. So this is meant as their flagship. Um, so it's a really good intro one, a really good one to try if you haven't. Right. And I think like just a callback from that episode where you had the Eagle Rare, I think if I recall right, and maybe I'm thinking of a different one, but I think you were saying that it's not necessarily that much better than the Buffalo Trace. Was that? I, I felt that way. I think that's yeah. not a, a popular opinion. But, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I, I was like, for 20 extra bucks, I, I don't know that it really earns 20 extra bucks for me. Right. I was like, I, I just really like Buffalo Trace. Right. So I maybe yeah. just would stick with that. That's fair. But yeah, so it's a three cheers. It's going to make fit in the rotation. Right. It's awesome. not a starter, but it's definitely one of the first off the bench. That's yeah. <laughs> that's Good. Buffalo Trace. Good. By Buffalo Trace. Um <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it's Dang. good. Also I, early, I just gotta go back. You said like slip it to you as if like <laughs> like that makes it sound very sketchy. Like I'm like slipping you alcohol like that you didn't know. Like if I ever slipped it to you, you would have asked me for a whiskey and I would have given you this one. And maybe just forgot to tell you what it was. But it's I'm, not like I would just be I'm very sliding. aware of the connotation that I presented. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just spiking <laughs> Nelson's drinks all the time, unless he asks me to. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, no that that is absolutely what I meant. Usually, like I just like, <laughs> hey, can I have something? And then whiskey appears, and it's pretty nice. It's a good system. I I'm a fan of it, but I yeah. usually don't always remember what's in the glass. I'm sure you tell me, but let's be honest. Some, I think I generally tell I you, remember. but you're right. Like sometimes it's like, yeah, it's like you're already a couple drinks deep, which doesn't help. <laughs> um, and then sometimes by the end of the night of having a couple of the same drink, then you no longer remember either. Right. Yep. Totally understandable. Yeah. I remember most of the time. So. Mm. See. 
There you go. Perfect. I remember for you. <laughs> and I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about what we have been doing. Do you want to do mind or table first? I, I don't. We can flip Ooh, a coin I, or flip a coin. Let's do table. Let's okay, do let's table do it. first. I think the main reason I want to start with table is because I've been really, really wanting to talk about Cthulhu Wars. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So we played um, Cthulhu Wars like three, three, four weeks ago, something like that. It was at, it was at a game night. We played it with our, with our buddy, Mike, um, who's also a listener on the podcast. And he, and we played this one because um, Roberto, Sheer Boredom, had kind of recommended this as one of his all-time favorite games. Um, I love dudes on a map games. I had never tried it. Um, and so we played it over tabletop. Um, and there was just so much that I enjoyed about this game. You know, um, It had a really high level of asymmetry. That's something that we both really enjoy, right? Um, but it very much felt like all three of the like ancient ones. You're basically playing one of the ancient ones um, from you're playing the baddies. Yeah. You're playing the baddies, right. From the like um, HP Lovecraft mythos. Um, so I played Cthulhu and you guys played ones that I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> Fair. I, yeah, you played the yellow one and he played yeah, the red one. I was yellow. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so you spend the game, you know, trying to summon your ancient one onto the board. It's this huge model that you get to like place down on the board and, you know, lost some of it's maybe, allure because we were on tabletop simulator um but still felt really satisfying when you have like your little tiny cultists out there and it's like here comes cthulhu and it's like right 30 times the size of the model you know (laughs) absolutely (laughs) enormous the core of the game i think we all found pretty approachable like pretty simple yep it was a very easy game to like learn how to play and then like learning how to play your ancient one was difficult that's like where most of the difficulty kind of lay was within the complexity of the different of the asymmetry of the different ancient ones but the game itself was like you know it was like i always felt like i was functioning i always felt like i was doing what i wanted to do and if i like wanted to do something it's like that's pretty simple like i, I knew how yeah. yep what was difficult was figuring out like what are the advantages that my guy gives and like how do i take advantage of it? like i think we all said i won mostly because i played the simplest of the ancient <laughs> ones yeah it was like get on the board attack stuff and you're like oh i can do that right yeah i i really i really enjoyed this game as well uh and dudes in the map are not my favorite game not saying that i don't enjoy them i'm just like coming from that perspective i still it, it was an it was an awesome game so mm-hmm. i love the asymmetry asymmetry the the rules were as you said very straightforward right so the there were only a couple things you could do on your turn but then as you kind of went forward and did more um, like unlocking new abilities and adding more stuff to your ancient one or your faction, then mm-hmm. like the game scaled in complexity. And so it was nice in that sense, especially as a first play, right? When you first start, there's only a little bit that you can do and you slowly unlock more abilities and the game gets more complex over time. And so that mm-hmm. made it very approachable and very like almost like unique in, in that sense. Yeah. And what I liked about it, I think my favorite thing about it was your faction has six agendas i think is what they're i I don't quite remember what they're called they were like spells spell books books maybe yeah yeah so there were six spell books and in order to unlock your spell book you had to do an objective and so Mm -hmm. your faction was fairly complex and i'm saying yours isn't like the factions are fairly complex and very fairly like different from each other Mm -hmm. but each one of them has six of these spell books that you need to unlock in order to be in the running for to win and it tells you how to unlock those and those are also faction specific and so Mm -hmm. pretty much i just like picked one i was like okay i want to do that and like i felt like 
it wasn't like a great game for me, but I felt like I was functioning in the game just because it basically on my sheet said, Hey, do this and you'll be fine type thing. Yeah. So, so that was, yeah. that was really nice. And that was, that was really great, especially for a first play. I totally agree. I think that was my favorite mechanic in the game. Um, that, that really cool, you, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. First of all, that it did two things. It sort of like advanced, you know, it was your tech tree. Like it advanced what right. you were capable of doing. It added special abilities. It, you know, it added abilities for your monsters or things that you got to do on your turn as different actions and stuff. And and so the beginning of the game, it was all very simple for you. And by the end of the game, you felt enormous. You felt like you could do so much. Yeah. Um, um, that was sort of coupled with the fact that throughout the game increased your sort of I think it was power or something. It was like magic power or something like it, but it was basically like your money yeah. and, and you had to spend this like magic power anytime you did anything. And at the beginning of the game, you have very little of it. And at the end of the game, you have a lot. And so you, you're yeah. able to take multiple, multiple actions per round. And so it felt like towards the, you know, as the game went on and on, I was doing more and there was kind of this like really fun power ramp going on. But getting back to the spell books, I think you're right that the, especially on a first play, the fact that it kind of gave you, here's your six objectives. You can do them in any order, but like these are the things that you need to get done. Figure out how to do that. Just gave you like a really good direction in a dudes on a map game that wasn't go kill your opponents, right? So there was combat yeah. on the board, but there was also like a lot of times where it's like we didn't really have a reason to fight each other. Like you can fight each other over like resources um, that are in the game. And so like sometimes you would do it just for that. Um, but there were times where there was a lot of combat in a given round and at times that where there weren't, there wasn't so much. Yeah, and every faction kind of has a different path to victory, right? You always are in the running, or like you win when you hit 30 points or whatever, yeah, yeah. but each faction can get points in different ways sometimes. And so like there, there's like the main way, which is common amongst factions, but because of those spell books, like there are different ways. And so the faction that I was playing, I played fairly non-combative and did fairly okay right and so mm -hmm. i thought that was a really unique take on like dudes on the map games where there are factions that you don't need to just hey he's closest i'm gonna go kill him type yeah type gameplay so I, I i really enjoyed that yeah absolutely i think when we walked away from the table and kind of debriefed the the one thing we all kind of felt is we did feel a bit of a like a runaway leader um, yes. kind of happening and it, and it came back to that power mechanic that the amount of power that you are generating um, can be tied to a lot of things, but one thing that's mainly tied to is just kind of controlling certain areas on the board um, that have like these warp gates, and where you and that's also kind of like the area where you summon monsters into, and because of that, like uh, I over the course of the game became more powerful and had more like power and had more space, and I think it was difficult for it would have been difficult for any one player to like directly stop me from doing that. I mean, it would have taken like multiple players kind of ganging up against me just because like I at, at one point they. <laughs> The game has a mechanic where, like, if at any point you gain, like, less than half of the power that another player gains in a round, then you gain half of their power <laughs> instead. Um, and, and, and I think one or two of you Mike and I that. triggered that on, yeah. like, the last round. So, yeah. And I don't know if that's just our inexperience. Like, maybe you guys, in a three-player game, maybe that normally wouldn't happen. It, like, maybe it's supposed to self-balance. But I didn't really see how the game, like, mechanically, outside of just, like, social pressures, would have balanced, like, a runaway leader like that. It, it seemed to sort of, like, reward... Once you got ahead, you were ahead and you were going to keep being ahead. Yep. Because I think I think the reason for that is that the victory points and money or power were kind of tied together. Right? So if mm -hmm. you had more victory mm -hmm. points, you had more power. Therefore, you were able to get more. And so yeah. I think... And, and what he kind of means by that is like you had to basically spend some of your power in order to score more victory points right. in, in one of yes. the game phases. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that in a higher player count game, that problem goes away a little bit faster right because if you have a five-player game then you have more people 
Okay. Cthulhu is out plus six points on us. You have two people attacking Cthulhu and three people messing around doing something else, right? Like, so right, try the, to catch I think, up or whatever. I think the game can balance itself. I think that it just kind of got amplified with the three player and inexperienced players in our case. So, yeah. Take definitely. it with a grain of salt because we've only played it once. For sure. And especially because, like, Cthulhu's thing is kind of combat. Um, <laughs> right. And so the fact that I got ahead but was also maybe one of the harder people to, like, directly combat, um, <laughs> it kind of just, like, exacerbated that problem, right? Like, we, we didn't have the, like, the game knowledge and the acuity to know, like, how do you guys get around this? You know, how, how do you, like, fight it? But yeah. because of those things, definitely a game I think that we all came out of that. We're like, we want to play this again, you know? And, um, like, I, I want to say that we played it for the first time ever virtually, which I think expands the game a, a little bit. I think we finished in, like, an hour 40 or something like that. Like, it was yeah, a shorter game. And, yeah. like, it felt like a very fulfilling dudes on a map experience. Yeah. And you usually don't get that in a sub-two-hour game. Yeah, for sure. I <laughs> I want to reiterate, I really like this game because I feel like we just talked shit about it for a little bit. But, like, I, <laughs> I really like the game. I thought it was really good. I'm really looking forward to playing it again. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to get into the expansion content because I know there's quite a bit. <laughs> right, yeah. But we have no idea what it changes other than, like, a whole bunch of factions got added. Just so everyone's aware, we played it on online because I, I'm not able to take a second mortgage out of my house to buy the game. So That's right. <laughs> 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 yeah, unfortunately, yeah, Mike came out of the game like, how how much is this game? I, t- I really want to buy this game. I really like it. And we're like, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> you don't like it that much. How much do you like your car? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I, yeah. It's so not quite it, that much, but it is like more than a couple hundred. Yes. Just for the base game. Yeah, I play. I played a new game recently online, actually with uh with one with the creator of the game, and so I played World Breakers, and so this is like a it's a living card game. So we just had our our living card game episode a couple episodes ago, and so I I stream living card games, and and the designer of this game reached out to me saying, hey, like, would you want to stream this game with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I got to play it. It's called World Breakers, and like I'm typically more a fan of cooperative living card games and this was a head-to-head combative living card game and so like i'm like we'll see how it goes but like i really enjoyed it so in this game it's like a it's an alternate 13th century like fall of the mongolian empire and you're trying to like reunite like the fractured uh like different parts of the mongolian empire and like lead yourself to victory so and it's like alternate because there's like a little bit of like this special wreath resource called mythium and like that's what you use to pay for cards and so it's a head-to-head game and there's asymmetry to it as well so right now it's going on kickstarter in march and so there are four factions and each faction plays completely differently which i thought was just really interesting so like i played a faction that was all about these locations and so there's like units there's events and then there's locations in the game and so when you play a location then you can start discovering those locations for benefits but if you get attacked your opponent can destroy your locations and so you have to play defensive in locations or like go and attack and it was a very much a back and forth game right so every single round it was five actions on each side and like so i would take an action then the opponent would take an action then i would take an action then the opponent would take an action until round in we would do kind of a cleanup we checked and see if anyone got to 10 victory points no we flipped it and went again and so it was a very back and forth very like 
interesting tactical decisions and i like liked it way more than i thought i would and so <laughs> it was just like a it, it was fun i didn't look through my cards before i played which you know probably gave me a strategic disadvantage but <laughs> with the creator <laughs> the, of the game with the creator yeah. of the game um i ended up winning which i'm not sure if that was uh you know toss me a bone or something but <laughs> <laughs> so you come out of it like i really like this game yeah yeah exactly but yeah there were a lot of unique concepts in the game, and I feel like that is hard at this point to do in a head-to-head game. And so the locations were really unique. All of the factions played differently. He was playing like a faction that does like high attack, high like strength units. And mm-hmm. when you attack and there's not a defended attack, then you get a victory point. And so you're playing to 10. And so that's kind of his strategy is to just wear you down. And then gotcha. I'm playing the defensive. Then there was the... Uh, you know, dive by a thousand cuts faction, where it was like mm-hmm. just flood the field with bunch of units, and hope you win. And then there was the faction that was like the engineers, and so like they, you know, they're out there with these amazing structures that can win them the game without ever attacking. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just seems very interesting. It's set up that they have the pre-constructed decks, and then also you can draft to play. So like mm-hmm. a Magic the Gathering, like you open the box and draft. Yeah. So you can do that with just this game and you, you open, you draft cards and then you build a deck out of the cards that you drafted. And after you draft, you pick your um, con, like your, your leader. So gotcha. it was just like a, it, it was a unique take on, take on it as a solo campaign too, which I, I didn't get into, but, huh. and the art is incredible. They, he, he got some of the same artists that did some of the art for Lord of the Rings and Arkham and it it's wow. beautiful it's absolutely beautiful so i i really liked it i'm definitely gonna pick it up it it's, just seems really cool so yeah how did you guys get into at all like how deck building works in the game okay so so the resources are common amongst all the factions but there are two mm-hmm. resource costs for each card so you have to pay the mythium cost which is like the the money cost but then mm-hmm. there are some cards like higher level cards where you have to have standings in each one of the in a faction to play for it pay for okay. it so like i was playing the pre-constructed decks are mono decks there's four factions four pre-constructed decks so i was playing like the stars faction deck sure and so it was like okay i had to have three standing in the stars faction to play for pay this card some cards give you standing in factions and then and and then there are like um you can pay two mythium, like two money, to get a standing in any faction. And so okay. in a mono deck, it's pretty easy to just say, like, hey, like, I'm just going to bump this up as high as I can so I can pay for all my cards. Mm-hmm. And then some cards are like, reduce your standing in a faction to do this awesome effect or something like that. So okay. so there, there's that. But with deck building, because those cards are faction-specific cards, you can put any faction you want into the deck, mm-hmm. and you just have to balance your standing in each one of the factions. Um, yeah. And I think I'm saying, I don't think faction is the correct term for it, but that that's what I'm calling it. And okay. so <laughs> <laughs> he said that it typically the better decks are dual faction decks. Um, we're standing in two factions. Okay. He's doing a lot of play testing and he said that he's seen some successful uh, tri sphere decks uh, uh-huh. and and four is kind of sphere yeah trisphere um that's that's the term in lord of the rings yeah (laughs) and he and he it's going four is spreading yourself too thin you're not going to be successful going four and that that's what makes the draft really interesting is like you're drafting cards from all different spheres Mm -hmm. and you have to balance your standing 
yeah. in, in each one of those. And so, yeah, I think that'd be a, that's a really fun way to try and play a living card game, you know, um, especially one that's like competitive, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely a very unique idea and a really a pretty unique setting, you know, I, yeah. I, I love the idea for, for just like that kind of period and, and culture and um, that time point in history for, for setting for a game. Cause it, it lends itself actually to like very nice artwork. Um, yeah. But just like not one that's like all that explored, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's definitely very unique, but yeah. So I think that's hitting Kickstarter in March, I think around the, the, the start of March. And so pretty okay. soon and these, the all in price points, for for one game without like the play mats and everything, it's only thirty bucks, and so it's oh, wow. a super affordable. Like thirty bucks gets you the four factions and everything that you need to play, and so like, yeah, and a solo campaign, and a solo <laughs> campaign, and so it's like at that point. <laughs> so we, uh, I, there are a lot of people from the the Living Card Game Discord that watch the stream and were super interested in it, and yeah. there's been kind of a lull in Marvel Champions, like mm. distribution. And so a lot of people are like, you know, subscribe to that, which is like $16 a month for the new content and everything. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to support or like, I don't know if I have like, want to do financial backing for another LCG. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. we've already missed two months. Like you have $30 saved up already. So you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can easily buy this. <laughs> so, um, and he does plan on putting out future content uh, i kind of asked him about that he goes i'm just trying to get this out first but there will be yeah. more stuff i think it's like three or four new things a year mm-hmm. and so i mean that that's a lot of good content right there yeah so. for sure and it's cool to support a we actually talked about this in living card game that like you know this is a really hard genre to kickstart on your own it's a really yeah. hard indie genre it, it typically takes you know the, like an enormous company who has the resources to put out that amount of content consistently right um, so you know, very high respect for him for tackling it in this way for one. Um, and then for two, like just the fact that he's able to produce it, um, at this <laughs> price, at this price point, you know, a, a card yeah. that ha- a game that has this amount of artwork and this amount of design and, and play testing that has to go into it. You know, that, that's, that's a real accomplishment and it's very right. exciting. I'm, I'm excited to try it. Yeah. We'll have to do it. It's on TTS. And so if you're interested Sweet. in that, you can find it on TTS and we'll, we'll definitely yeah. play it, but that, that would be a good one to, uh, have a weeknight and just sit down and play because like yeah I I did a I I intentionally went through and explained all my actions because that's what I like to do when I'm streaming mm-hmm. because I I want it to be open for people and like if like people aren't super familiar with the game I want them to understand what I'm doing and so I did that with this game a little bit cryptically because I didn't want you know the person sitting across the table from me to know exactly yeah. what was in my hand but like so I was learning I was reading all the cards and I think we finished in an hour. Like, oh, awesome. And if without doing that, I mean, it's a 20-minute game, yeah. right? It, it's a very quick, fast-paced 20-minute game. So Sweet. Just awesome. Does but, it go more than two? Uh, yeah, I think so. I was curious how that would work. You know, maybe it has a feel of, like, you know, Magic the Gathering Commander style or something like that. Everyone, you know, kind of able to attack each other or whatever, but... Yeah, I don't think so. So, if you buy multiple cores then you can support a multiple person draft to do like a tournament style but i think it's just head-to-head at the solo or head-to-head at this point yeah Yeah. but which i don't don't mind mind that given the design of it like i don't think that three person head-to-head in this style (laughs) game always works very well yeah yep exactly but cool i have one more thing for table do you have anything for table 
No, no, go ahead. Okay, so I, I know we've been talking about table a lot, but I want to get this out there because I, I feel bad if I didn't. So I finally got to play the expansion to Lost Ruins of Arnak. So it's the Expedition Leaders expansion. And so this is something that I picked up at PAX Unplugged back in December? Oh my gosh, that was December. It was December, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay, so I picked it up in pa- at PAX Unplugged and I you know, these grand plans to play it as soon as I got home and, and it just, it, that didn't happen. And then it kind of sat on my shelf. And so I finally got to play it and I need to play it more, but this would make a running for one of my top expansions of all time. It, oh, wow. Yes. The, it adds asymmet- asymmetry, which is a huge thing. I love that for me, but it does it in a way that like gives you a path right? Mm. I think one of the things in Arnak is that there are so many things to do, right? There's the temple track, there's exploring, there's deck building, there's, you know, trying to figure out all of these different paths and navigate those. And the expansion, hey, you're really good at exploring, go explore. And it's like, okay, like I can do that. It gives me boons and, uh, you know, abilities to go explore. So let's do that. Um, And so it gives you the special abilities of your player cards or player boards. It changes your starting hand completely so everyone's starting hand is now different and it has player specific like cards which make it really interesting and they felt pretty balanced um i think like kind of the same situation that we had in cthulhu wars i think i had a little bit easier of a faction the first time i played than my wife and so it felt slightly unbalanced in that sense but i think that like it just takes a little bit more uh knowledge of the game to Mm -hmm. play hers better but it could be better it comes with two new temple tracks more guardians more cards more and it was just like it was just if i could write an expansion for the game this is it and it was just it was awesome i i was so (laughs) impressed with it um it it just it blew me away it absolutely blew me away and so arnak is a very high rated game for me in in the last one, one of the highest rated games in the last I don't know, year for me. And this mm-hmm. expansion only made it better. And so I just, I, I needed to say something about it before our next episode because I just played it and I wanted to get it out there. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I, leaders style expansions are going to be some of the best, right? Like Seven Wonders right. Leaders was such an important and massive expansion that we almost categorize other expansions by it now. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. And this one even kind of adopted the name, right? So, um, and I, I could definitely see how it would need it. I think I talked about that in my first play of it. It was just like, I feel like I didn't get to explore all of the game here. You know, right. like the game isn't quite long enough to touch every aspect of it. Um, and that's not like a fault of the game by any means. It's just a design decision. Um, but as a result of that, it would have been really nice, I think, to have like a leader in my first play to be like, what should I, where should I kind of go? You know, because it was so hard to like read the board and all the options that you have and like decide what the best path is. Um, so I ended up kind of just doing a little bit of all of them and that was kind of a struggle. So anyways, I think, I think that would, I would be excited for sure to, to play the game again under that, um, under that expansion. Yeah. And it would be something that I think with a first play, I would definitely just bring out the expansion at that point. Yeah. That it, it gives those paths and the, yeah, it, it just helps with that. When I say asymmetry, like they are fairly asynchronous. Like, no, that's not the right word. They are fairly different. Like, yeah. one faction only has one pawn, but can pay to bring that pawn 
back, like their worker placement. One mm-hmm. faction has three pawns. And like my faction had like this eagle that could go scout for me and get resources and bring them back. And it was just hmm. like, but there's like a whole mechanic on how to send the eagle out further and further for better rewards. And it was like, there's one that like wants to grab the fear cards, which are like curses and dominion. They're just dead cards. But mm. whenever he exiles them or like banishes them or trashes them, he gets bonuses for that. Yep. And so it was just like a, you know, high risk, high reward type setting. And so I, that's the one I'm most excited to play. <laughs> I just think that, that, that just seems like kind of the fun one that breaks the rules the most, breaks the rules the most. Yeah. That, yeah. that's, that's what I'm going for. So, Very but cool. yeah, it, it was a really cool expansion for a really good game. Awesome. Alrighty, so we've talked about games a good bit, which is, you know, always fun, but always let's hop fun. into another fun topic and let's talk about what's been on our mind. So we yeah. we have been like we got to talk a little bit about games, not not in this episode, but the previous one. But we've been we've got a while both since we've talked about what we've been reading. So Dalton, what have you been reading or watching? Yeah, reading or watching. So I am I finished so I've been doing two things. I've been reading real books uh and listening nice. to audiobooks Smart. you know you know side by side so um i've already talked in the last episode that i finished rhythm of war recently i was reading a physical copy of that um so that like kind of blocked out that spot for like three <laughs> or four months um and so i did finish that um i've been listening to i had been listening to a lot of wheel of time so like we made the commitment back in like october november to listen to wheel of time um and so i have finished book three now um so on average, we have finished two books. Nice. No. Wait, did you finish the first book? No, not quite. Yeah, I was, so, about to say, I was like, I didn't think you finished the first <laughs> it's book. It's a little bit less than two books on average. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, okay. I do want to get back into it. I switched to audiobook, and that was actually a lot harder of a transition to make. Like, yeah. I was reading it, and I switched to audiobook, and I want to just go back to reading it because for some reason, it's just like, if I had started with audio, I would have been fine. But yeah. switching, I just for whatever reason, my mind and I just need to. Honestly, it's just I just need to make time to read. Yeah, but <laughs> I, have, the, I, I think one of the I've hardest things about, about audiobook is there's like multiple characters that are named almost the same name. Like there's like <laughs> yes. an Egwene and an Elaine, and it's like why? Why, why did <laughs> why? you do that? Why? And they're like both like, like thousands of other sounds you could use. So many names, and they're like both like. <laughs> of relatively the same age and they're both female obviously and like right they kind of they're just like very similar characters and they basically have the same name it's like come on why'd you do that um there there are like there are multiple examples of him like doing that <laughs> it's like it's, at some point i remember with like one of one of the characters um they i didn't realize that they were two different characters until they were in the same scene like they were in the sa- they like ended up in the same scene and he was like oh yeah this person and this person i was like those are two people like whoa <laughs> I just thought that was the same nice. person this whole time um that's been a little <laughs> annoying but yeah so i finished book three that means i'm about 20 percent, 21 percent through the series yeah <laughs> i was talking with someone today Brutal. um about wheel of time and they, they had read through it twice and mm-hmm. they were saying that it is a long read that is 100 percent worth the payoff and so like i keep hearing that from people and Yep. If if that is a consistent statement, that that's really exciting to me because usually I think that finishing series are hard. Mm-hmm. And he said that it does lag a little bit there in the middle, but he goes, it's 100% worth it. So I, I really do need to get back into it. But yeah. like, has the story been super interesting and still really exciting through book three for you? 
I would say like book two, I felt like it was a real high point. We had heard someone, we've heard someone say that if you read book two, you're going to read the whole series. And true? I thought book two was very successful. I, I thought it had a lot of really cool things going on. I really liked like what they were doing with some, what he was doing with some of the characters and everything. Um, book three felt a little, it was confusing. Like, so I think it, mm. there were not like in storyline, but in some of the decisions, like he sort of, recharacterized one of the characters a little bit and he sort of had to it was sort of like this main major defining thing about this character um from a from a storyline perspective was removed and, and so um it, it, that character needed like a new thing you know like it needed to like yeah be or do something new um gotcha. and so i thought that transition was like a little bit rough and like surprising it's like oh okay this character's like going in this direction now and the direction is that they're going in is actually very fun like i like it a lot um <laughs> but it was just like kind of jarring a little bit like, oh, this feels like a different character now. Um, so that, that was like a little bit confusing. And I also thought that like the overarching plot of book three was very similar to book two. Like it, it felt it felt a little episodic in that sense that like it was like, did I just read this book? You know, from like, and, like again, from an <laughs> right. overarching plot perspective. And now the characters are very different and they're doing things in different ways and everything. Um, but the like large, you know, the way the chess pieces are moving on the board kind of thing, um, almost the strategy level, you know, like the strategy <laughs> right. of the plot line felt the same. Um, and the tactics felt different. Um, and I wasn't, I, I guess I just wasn't a hundred percent in, into that. I, I thought that that was maybe gotcha. a little bit lazy might be too strong of a word, but it was like, it was just, just close enough, like just repetitive enough that I was like, eh, I was having trouble kind of getting through it. So I still would like to continue in the series. I personally, I don't know if I'm going to read all 14. Like that's just, that's just that's a, a lot. lot, you know, <laughs> but I read like 12 of, um, the Expeditionary Force series, and that's <laughs> easily critically a, a worse book, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wheel of Time is better, um, so I, I should get through it. But I think the argument there is that Expeditionary Force is a lot easier to listen to. It is substantially. It, it's easier. it's funny. It's lighthearted. It's not you know this heavy story that you're reading through. Yeah. And so there is that going for it. It's almost one of these like. It's not, but it's akin to like a guilty pleasure. Just like, oh yeah, yeah this is kind of fun. Let's do it. Like type For thing. Sure. So, so there, sure. there is that. Yeah. We also, we did finish the show. Um, so the, the first season has completed of the show. They're um, filming the second season. Uh, I believe now, I believe they're working on filming it now. I, I think, I think the first episode was one of my least favorites. Um, unfortunately, I also thought the last episode of the season was like one of my least favorites in the, in the <laughs> season. I, I just like, I, I, I didn't like the last episode. Gotcha, um, and I think, but I think overall, it it's like a, it's like a six and a half or a seven out of ten type of show. You know, like okay. it's good, it, it's good, yeah. it's worth watching. Um, it's not groundbreaking. It's not Breaking Bad, or you know, um, right? It's not first five seasons of Game of Thrones. Like it, it <laughs> it's it's not that good. Um, and I and I do think that like some funding things are holding them back. Um, so I hope that the show kind of like grows into its own. I hope it kind of gets the funding it needs. I hope that the actors kind of settle in. It figures out like kind of who it wants to be as a show. I, I felt like a couple different like tone shifts in different episodes, maybe as things were being received gotcha. by the audience and they were kind of trying to account for that or something. I don't know. Just some of those things were very, not very, but they were just a little bit confusing. But it, it seems like a good implementation. It has its own interpretations, definitely. But I think the first episode, I was like, these interpretations suck. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> and once they backed off of those things and the show kind of progressed, it's like, uh, I'm minding the interpretations less. I think they're ending up in the same place in the major story yeah. points. They're just kind of choosing right. some slightly different paths to get there so that they have some uniqueness and they have some interpretation, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think so, that's okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we had kind of heard that it doesn't necessarily follow the first book all that much. So is it something that I could watch without finishing the first book? Or do you recommend finishing the first book or the first X amount of books before starting the show? Yeah, I think you, I think you should either read the first book or, um, or watch the show. I will also say that they did make some decisions to, uh, I don't know about spoil. Spoil is a strong word, but I don't have another word for it. So, um, but they they decided to show some things that would normally have been revealed in in later books. Okay, um, it, it's actually it's a it's a it's a restriction of the media. Like there there are some things like imagine and this is not what happened, but imagine that um, in an, in a book the author is keeping from you that one character is actually another character, right? So like one character is this other character in disguise. Um, okay. And, and the author's keeping that from you. So you, you see character A and character B and they're interacting and they're never in the same room. And then later in the book, the author reveals that character A and character B are the same person. A TV show would not be able to do that, right? A TV show <laughs> would have to cast one actor or actress and that person would have to play the character in all of the scenes and the audience immediately right. would realize like, oh, that's the same person. Um, <laughs> and so like it wouldn't be able to be told in the same way. And Wheel of Time gotcha. has to do like some of the same. It's not that exact scenario, but, it, but it's a similar concept. They have to like do some things like that. <laughs> yeah i feel like that trick could work on me if you changed the hair what i've realized about myself <laughs> is that i cannot tell people apart <laughs> like i look at the hair and if the hair is the same I'm like oh yeah that's that's that person yeah. i like for some reason like my and my wife will be like oh that's that guy i was like okay like i i was just like <laughs> if i just look at a face i cannot my mind just doesn't work that way. I'm just like, oh yeah, okay. Like, I know Dalton. I know Dalton's the curly hair. Uh, you know, he has curly black hair. I, that's what I know about Dalton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, do you like mistake people on the street? Like, hey, Dalton. You know? <laughs> it, it's Matt. very hard. It's very hard. Yeah, <laughs> you move back. You're here. You're my neighbor. Right. That that, that interaction did go over fairly poorly. I would say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> watching Lord of the Rings and like Frodo comes on the screen. He's like Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. And, and so that is a little frustrating in that sense that mm-hmm. there are just some literary devices that you can employ in a book that don't translate well to like a, a visual medium. That's hard. But I, I understand that. And mm-hmm. like, like, in your opinion, is it worth like, is is it big enough to not watch the show in your in your? No, no. I think opinion? like I okay. think you should finish the first book and then you should watch the show. Okay, um, cool. Because it does like end the the major plot line ends at, at the point where book one ends. Um, oh, okay, okay. So it's not like spoiling forward into into book two from like plot line elements. It's just like a couple of things. Like it's such a massive universe that like you know for like little <laughs> right, things yeah. to get like revealed here and there out of order isn't like it's really not a big deal. Um, gotcha. Okay. But but well, I think if good. you watch like if you tried to read and watch at the same time, then you would there would be things revealed to you before it was revealed to you in the book that might be a little bit disappointing. Got it. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Well, well, that's good. I I think I have like forty percent left in the book. I just need to. Hey, instead of watching Brooklyn Nine Nine tonight, I'm going to read. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's do one of those reading is, before bed. No. Do, yeah. Do my reading before bed. Yes. Exactly. So. Yeah. So I I have. I have been reading a book. Um, well, I started reading a book, and like I think this is embarrassing to anyone who's actually read the book when I say I've started reading a book and I haven't finished it. But mm-hmm. I started reading *Dunwich Horror* by H.P. Lovecraft, and so this is in that Cthulhu myth- mythos, like the mm-hmm. Cthulhu Wars. But I'm playing through the *Dunwich Legacy* campaign for *Arkham Horror* right now, which is a sequel to that book, which I thought was just 
a really unique and interesting idea, it right? Is, like yeah. the game tells a story that's a sequel to a book. And so I was like, I'll read the book. And the book is like 80 pages. So <laughs> like it's, it's more of a short story. <laughs> so like saying I've started reading the book is not an accomplishment. Uh, <laughs> so, so like I, I think you were telling my, us about this book a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. It, in my defense, it is public domain because it is at least 70 years after the author's death. So it is not an easy read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of fun words in that book. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I started reading that. But really what I, I have been listening to, um, Name of the Wind again. And so this kind of kicked off from our previous episode where we were talking about the top five board games and top five books yeah right where name of the wind dropped off of the wind yeah and it (laughs) dropped off both of our list and i was just like that used to be one of my favorite books and i just don't remember it that well like why was it you lucky bastard (laughs) and so i'm rereading it i'm i'm probably about 50 percent of the way through it at this point okay re-listening to it oh my goodness it's such a good book right like and I think that, like, he does such a good job of telling stories within stories mm-hmm. and making all of those stories feel unique. So the main character is a, a bard in some sense. So he's telling his story that he of his life, right? And so in the story, it's a the story is about someone telling a story, <laughs> and then while he's telling a story, he's telling stories that have been told to him. So mm-hmm. it's a story about a story about a story, and like. Each one of those, depending on who's telling it, feels unique and different. And I yeah. I just love the descriptions and the pacing of that book. It's, it's just incredible. And like it fell off our list because it's been 11 years since the second book. And we're still waiting on that third. And let's be honest, we're probably not going to get it. Yeah. And so that, that makes it really hard. But it's just one of those books that I am super happy that I went back and reread because I I think I, I, well, I read it before the podcast started, obviously, because it was on my top five in our second episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, it's been four years since I read it. Wow. And, like, it, it's just been, it's been a nice rewind to that. It, I, yeah. I've been really enjoying it, so. Yeah, yeah. And it, um, I'm sure it fits well into those books that give you, like, a little bit of a comfort, a little bit of. Right, yeah. You know, because, yeah. like, a lot of parts of that book are very pleasant you know like they're, they're just very enjoyable and there are some parts that are right. dark and scary and intense and like it has all <laughs> of that for sure yeah um, but it has excellent pacing you know it has this really nice like ebb and flow of him like you know joining the academy or whatever it's called the school that he yep. ends up at yep. and the friends that he's making and you know there's like a there's a budding romance going on and you know there's and, and so there's just a lot of these elements where you feel like it's just a fun story to like listen to. And then there's parts where it just like really grabs you by the heartstrings or really, you know, yeah. makes your, makes your heart race and your blood pound. And you're like, Oh, and yeah. how quickly he can make that change too, yeah. I think is really interesting. Yeah. And, and something that I've really appreciated on the reread is that because it's a story about someone telling a story, they are able to kind of play with the meta a little bit. It, mm. I don't think that's the right way to say that, but you know, there are times where Kavoth, the main character who is telling the story, is like, I need to tell it in this way because of this. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of understand why the story is being told in mm. the like timeline that it's being told because yeah. he told you. And I told I said told a lot right there. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like it opens up so many interesting and unique like ways to tell this story that yeah. it 
it's just so good. It, it, it's incredibly well done. Yeah. It, it's not going to make it back into my top five, right? Like I love the book, but until we get closure of that series, I'm I I cannot put it in a top five list at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. As much as I love it, as much as I like, will read it again. It like it. It's almost like a bittersweet. Like I'm reading it, but there's no ending, and yeah. that that's hard. Yeah. Maybe at some point you'll get a living card game to put out you know yes a, a, a sequel campaign <laughs> that finishes the story for you or like a call to adventure game that'd be kind of cool yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> you have that right like, yeah i have, have the name of the, the wind the expansion yeah. yeah 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 i enjoy it. it i've played it um just like once or twice and i think i enjoy it because of the ip you know right um, yeah it yep. it doesn't add like so much to the game where i i like i have to have it or i have to play with it you know um right but it has naming as a mechanic, and that's really fun. So. <laughs> yep, yep, gotta love it. It's a it's a fun universe. It's a fun it's a fun IP. What else have you been reading? I feel like I feel like there's a lot, right? Like yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now that I've like transitioned, I like just did this big swap because I finished Rhythm and I finished Book Three of Wheel of Time, The Dragon Reborn. <laughs> Colon. Colon. <laughs> um, I, I finished those like within a couple of days of each other. So like I just switched my audiobook over and I just switched my physical book over. Um, so I, I picked up a copy for my physical book of the sequel to Assassin's Apprentice, which is a book that I actually kind of made fun of a little bit because it was a book that at the start of the book, I didn't like it. And then by the end of the book, okay. I was like, hey, this is pretty good. And it like, it grew, like this is the... Um, it's the book where the main character wasn't named and I really had trouble like connecting with him for a long time. Gotcha. Um, oh, and, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And everybody calls him Fitz um, because <laughs> Fitz means like son of, right? So like Fitzpatrick is like son of Patrick um, and he is a bastard and he doesn't like, and so people would call him Fitz as like an insult and he just kind of like adopted that as his name. And anyway, so this is like I kind of love that. Like I, I think that's super interesting and like I, I really like it. Yeah, I liked, I liked it. I just didn't like that it like became obvious like 50% of the way through the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's what his name was going to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Especially since it's told from first person. Um, <laughs> it's like that was confusing. But anyway, um, so I picked up book two. Um, book two so far, I'm really liking the pacing of it. It has like an exposition. It just like, it feels like it picked up exactly where I wanted it to. It's like getting right into action. It's getting like right into continuing stories of like the characters that I care about and everything. So like, it's kind of continuing from the high point right now. You know what I mean? Like it, it sort of like sloped up as in my enjoyment as the book went on. And now it's like continuing on that like high point. I wouldn't say it's like ramping up or ramping down. It's just kind of like continuing. It's much shorter. Like it's like, <laughs> But everything is much shorter than Rhythm of War. But like I just, you know, like I was like, oh my god, I'm like 200 pages into this book, and it took me. I, I would read like 12 pages a night with Rhythm, you know, yeah. and for like 200 right. in like five days. So, yeah. so the pacing's like, you know, a lot more right. enjoyable. That it's like, okay, I'm getting into like the not that the pacing of Rhythm is bad or unenjoyable, but it's daunting, right? And so that this one is is more bite size you know more manageable where it's like okay right, yeah i feel like i'm getting towards the middle action in the book and i'm, I'm starting to hit like these, fun size yeah exactly fun size these <laughs> tension points and it's just kind of the more normal story arc progression and so it's <laughs> yeah, i think the book is normal books are not 45 hours long that's right turns out turns that's out right. who knew but i think that return to kind of familiarity is just refreshing and nice um so it's, it's kind of basic fantasy it has a soft magic system but i'm enjoying it book two is called royal assassin um so like i said okay. towards the end of the book it was getting into like some more political aspects of him being like an assassin and having to make like decisions on his own from like a political and intrigue perspective and it's kind of trying to continue to play into that so that part of the book i'm enjoying as well 
Nice. Very yeah. cool. And then I'm yeah. finishing up Witcher. So started book okay. seven of Witcher. <laughs> I I've, I'm we, only like a couple hours in, so I, I can't speak. We have season two. Have you watched it? Yes. I, I really enjoyed season two of Witcher. My wife watched it for some reason. Like I, I really enjoyed the show, but it was just like, she was like, do you want to watch this with me? I was like, no. Like I, for, I don't know why, like mm-hmm. I really enjoyed first season, but I, I need to go back and watch second season, but I, I did not grasp at the opportunity. So <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you really liked the second season. Yeah. I liked it. it. It switches from, so like, if you remember the first season, tell it's like telling the short stories that are kind of like the prequel books of the Witcher right, series. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it took those two books and kind of crammed them into one show, one season. And they totally just ignored timelines. So like, you know what? Fuck it. You're an intelligent <laughs> audience. You figure it out. Like, we're not going to explain this to you. Um, and so you watch it and you're like, what the hell? Like, this is, it's so hard to like follow. And then like, as it goes on, you're like, oh, I remember this. And you can kind of piece it together. By the end, it starts to make sense. And you almost need to watch it a second time to be like, I, I, I need to like figure out what happened. Um, <laughs> the second season is telling like a linear story through like what was the first book published. And so it was kind of like official book one of the, of the series. But I think it's actually like the third book I read because I read the two prequel books first. <laughs> nice. Um, but it's uh, that, telling kind that of actually sounds story. a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Right. Because I think that was that was my critique with the season one is that I was like, I don't know what timeline we're in. I It was just hard to follow. And I think on a rewatch, that'd be a lot easier and yeah. a lot better, mm-hmm. which but like to have a linear storyline makes me very happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's much more simple, much more straightforward to follow. It does do a little bit of interpretation. There was, again, some things that I was um, struggling with of like, I kind of like the way that was told in the original story. I don't know if I like that you added that. Um, They kind of added a bad guy. Like they're kind of, they felt like I think needed to be a bad guy for the season or something. And so like they created one. Um, Gotcha. And again, the characters kind of got to where they were supposed to get to, but just like the way that they got there was like a little bit different. And I'm trying not to like mind that. I'm trying not to be like, oh, it's just different than the book, you know, like I'm trying not to (laughs) be that guy. I'm trying to, it's, it is an art form. They have a right to their own interpretation. They have a right to, if they're just redoing someone else's art, then, then the the actors, the actors have a chance to shine, but the writers don't necessarily have a chance to shine and the directors and everything like, you know, so there's reasons why they do it. And I get that. Um, Right. There's also like reasons why something fits better in a, book setting versus a tv setting right they they need to make sure that the the story tells well in a in a tv setting you know in a, in a show yep. setting and so i get all of those things i'm trying not to again be that guy who just gets mad just because it's different or whatever <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but i thought it was a weird thing to do i thought it was a weird thing to add a <laughs> add a major bad guy just to like have yeah. a plot for the you know have a slightly different plot for the season i, I thought that was a weird decision yeah that's fair yep. well I'll, I'll need to watch that did you in, in the professional podcasters that we are, mm. I don't remember the name. But do uh, did you watch the animated film on Netflix? Not yet. No, I I've been that meaning was to. Good. My um my fiance isn't interested in watching it, so I'm having to find time to like carve out you know a, a time slot to watch it on my own. Yeah, I mean you could like you know get her a spa day or something, and then you could watch it. That's right. Like, <laughs> get out of the house. <laughs> two birds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that, that, I, I need to watch season two. So I will watch season two if you watch the animated film. How about that? Okay, we'll, sounds we'll, good. We'll make one of those other packs that I'm so good at upholding. Yes. Uh, seeing that I'm 60% <laughs> through time. Twice. Um, You've been 60% of the way through it twice, though. So that exactly, counts as 120%. Yeah, so exactly. I basically finished the book. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so we have to talk about this real quick. So September 2nd. 2022 
we get our first episode of the new Lord of the Rings yes. series, Rings of Power. And I don't know if I have been hyped for so little of what they have put out so far <laughs> in a long time. Right? Like, have, have you seen any of the teaser stuff? I've not, no. I've just seen like, it oh, pop up gosh. on Amazon and I almost, yes. you know, almost so, click on it, but then I don't. So, so Rings of Power. So we finally have a name for for the new series. Rings of Power is debuting on September second, twenty twenty two, and it is set sometime in the Second Age. We don't quite know what that is. We know that Gladriel is the main character, so mm-hmm. that really means jack shit for when it is in the Second yeah, Age because right. she's kind of around a lot of the a lot of that. And so, but there's a teaser. I'm not, I'm not even going to call it a trailer. There's a teaser that announced the name that was actually like the forging of like, you know, melting down the hot metal and then pouring it into the cast that, you know, spelled out mm. the rings of power, which was beautifully done. Mm. And then we got today, which probably dates this podcast a little bit. We, today we got movie posters or like TV posters for it. So it's a bunch of, and it's just like the hands of everyone. And it has like all the rings of power on like oh, the hands cool. holding swords or different things. So do you think in like like ah. the fall of men, you know, men wielding the rings of power and politics yeah. and, and you know like that sort of setting? So this is kind of interesting, right? Because we know we know the story. Yeah. Right? So the story has been published, it's through the, out the Salmarillion and a couple of other of Tolkien's works. And so we kind of know what the story is. So once we get a starting point, we kind of know where it's going. I think we're going to get a lot of Numenor which will be really interesting, which yeah. Numenor is this island that is no longer around that had like the Numenorians that, that came from it. And mm-hmm. at one point they capture uh, Sauron. And so I think we may be seeing that plot line, which I think would be pretty cool. Uh, I don't think it starts with that. I think that would be kind of hard. I think maybe we get a season finale or something like that. But every season is 20 episodes. And I think we're already confirmed for five seasons. Wow. So yeah, we, a lot uh, of content. Yeah, we got some content to go through. And so so that's really exciting. We've got the budget for it because it's Amazon and they don't care at all <laughs> so about money. <laughs> and so um, I know Bezos is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And so that only is good for us. Right. So the way that they're doing it is just teasing me so much because it's, you know, they're just, they're not giving us anything, but they're giving us so much to talk about and mm-hmm. I, I'm loving it. So September 2nd, expect me to be out of commission for about a week because <laughs> I'll just be rewatching that yep. over and over and over. Oh man. I'm so excited for it. I'm so pumped. It's yep. going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't know. It's fantasy is like the big thing right now, you know? And it yeah. goes through these waves for sure. Um, but it feels like every show wants to be Game of Thrones. We talked about this a lot. And so, and this is Amazon play, continuing to play into that, right? Like Wheel of Time is trying to be yes. that. I think they just see that right now there's a big, there's a big culture around it. There's a big following for it. And this is like, I don't know, like the, the three, we've always talked about the three films are some of the better book to film adaptations out there. Like this is a, right. this is a, these are big shoes to fill, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and I would be, especially oh, yeah. because like, I, I loved the way that like orcs were done. I loved, you know, the way that like the Balrog is shown. Um, I love the mm-hmm. way that like magic is done. I love the way the ends look, I, you know, just like visually, I like a lot about it. Um, right. And Amazon is also again doing wheel of time. 
And there are some things that visually I don't really like about it, that I don't really like the way that the magic's done. I, I don't really like the way the Trollocs look, you know? Like, they look, like, too animated to me. I'm like, man, why don't they just look like orcs? Orcs look awesome. Like, you know? And so I'm just, I'm, they're big shoes. I guess that's where I'm, that's where I'm going with it, yep. you know? Yep, Big shoes to fill, but it, and I think it was you that may have said it on a previous episode or just, like, while we were talking. It's, like, it's either going to be amazing or it is going to be so bad. Yeah. Like, there is no... There's no middle ground for this show. Yeah. Right. You have to knock it out of the park or you are going to like pop fly. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, oh man, I really hope that they have spent their money in the right spot for sure to, to make it good. Right. So for sure. I'm so pumped. I'm I excited, so man. Pumped. <laughs> now I just got to yeah. wait seven more months. <laughs> yeah. And that should go by pretty quickly. Right. Like that is, uh, you know, that's right around close to when you know the wedding is that's so. right yeah a couple months from there <laughs> not to put it into perspective or anything yeah uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have so much more to talk about but we have been talking for a while yes. especially for a fireside so yeah i think you know we'll we'll tease it a little bit so we got more to talk about but we'll uh we'll talk a little bit more but yeah. in, unless you had anything else no I'm, anything I'm in that else? same boat like we we have tried to keep these firesides to under an hour i don't think that this one is going to end up there <laughs> i think it'll be a little bit more um but again we we haven't done table and mind content in a while we had a lot to cover um and you're right still more still more to come um but the, this is a this is i think a good place to sign off so well it, it was it was great talking with you i'm excited to be back doing these firesides i i, I enjoy these and yeah, so absolutely excited to to be doing these again so so yeah, you can find us anywhere. The main places to find us are Instagram and our Discord. And so you can find all of those links in the show notes, which are below. I actually do do YouTube channel, like YouTube mm-hmm. videos now. So it feels weird to make fun of that yes, at that point. Yeah, to be so that like, guy. Yeah. do it below. And like, I, I have videos that I actually do that now. So, yeah. you know, I've sold out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but well, He's a phony. <laughs> He's a phony. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but th- those are the best places to find us. And let's talk about Lord of the Rings. Let's talk about Wheel of the Time. We got spoiler channels for all of that stuff. And so, yep. if you wanna, if you wanna vent, we're we're here for that. We're here so. for it. So, excellent. Awesome. Well, it was great talking with awesome. you. Awesome. Great talking with you too. Cheers. Cheers.